You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleveland, Texas and meets on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleveland.com. You know, uh, a while back, uh, when we were first starting the church, my wife and I ran into a, a difficult time. Uh, you know, as a young fledgling church, there's a lot of things that you want to do and you're not always able to do. But Crystal and I met this couple when we were serving in the community and, and we came up with a great idea for a ministry that would serve those that otherwise were shunned by the church. It was a great idea uh, and it was actually a nationwide ministry that we could just bring here to the church. And so we, we talked about it, we, we made plans and, and this this couple came to the church to do this. And it was a, it was a 12 to 15 week, I can't remember, uh, course. And at first it started off great. It was going well. But then after a while, this lady began to, like an hour before it was supposed to start, she'd call in it. She'd call one of her leaders and say, hey, I'm sick. I, I, need you to, I need you to teach for me. Now, if any of you have ever taught a small group Getting an hour's notice before you actually have to teach is not necessarily enough. Uh, unless you're an amazing teacher, but even then, it's not enough really prep time to even think about what you're going to say. And so she did that once, twice, three times. And so finally, I called her. I said, hey, you know, are you able to do this? Because, you know, if, if you're not able to be there, these people need consistency. So I asked her, and, and she said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I won't miss again. I won't miss again. I'm, I'm sorry. I said, well, you know, we're looking at, we're looking for excellence. That's something that, that I strive for as a pastor. And I, I think God calls us to be excellent in all that we do. And I said, I want excellence. Is that something that you can give us? Yeah, 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 we'll do it. So the next two weeks, she called in both weeks again. And so finally, I told her, I said, hey, we're just going to have to go a different way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have this person take over, and, and you're just going to have to help them. And she got mad at me. She called me all kinds of names, blasted me on Facebook, and actually took the ministry and went and started it at another church here in town. And I asked Crystal, it, it bothered me. Anytime I have to make those decisions as a pastor, I'm sure you guys know, I was looking out for what was best for the church. I wasn't trying to go after this lady for any reason but she felt differently. And I tell you what, it just bothered me. I, I called and talked to some mentors of mine and, and said, you know, hey, could I have done this any differently? They said, no, you, you did what you needed to, but it just bothered me. I had trouble sleeping, and it just came to me one day. God said, you know, and through the advice and counsel of many, when you do the right things, people don't always agree. Because it's not what makes them happy. But the right thing is not always the popular thing. And guys, what I want to show you today is even Jesus faced rejection in his day. The great philosopher Aristotle, any Aristotle fans in here? You, you philosophy majors, um, you, you know who Aristotle is. But it's, he says, to avoid criticism, do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing. So what I'm saying to you today is if you do anything for the Lord that is worthwhile, you will receive rejection. 
you will receive opinions. And guys, it's not fun. I'm here to say as your pastor, I've, I've faced a lot of them. But what I'm saying to you is sometimes when you're in God's way, in God's will, you will face rejection. So today, that's what we're going to talk about. How do we handle rejection? How to handle rejection. So if you have have your Bibles, grab them, go to Luke chapter 7, starting in verse 31. Um, While you're going there, if you don't have your Bible, don't worry about it. Grab your app uh, and go to to the, um, the Google Play Store or the App Store, and you can download the Hope Church Cleburne app. And my notes will be on that app, and you can follow along there. But I've got one quick housekeeping announcement, okay? Everybody look around you, okay? We are at 370, or we're at, excuse me, 175 in this service, okay? So we are almost to capacity in this service, okay? I love you all. I love that you all love to give up at 11 o'clock, okay? I had 130 in the first service. So here's what I need from you. I need some of you, even though it's summer, to get up a little bit earlier and come to the 9 o'clock, okay? Don't hate me, okay? Either that or give me $2 million to build a bigger building. Which one would you like to do? Get up early, okay. Um, and so, if, if we want to prolong the putting off to three services a little bit longer, volunteers, I need some of you to go to the first service. Don't hate me. I'm just the messenger, Okay. I love you all very much. I get here at 7.30. Okay. Um, I love you. I am your pastor. So how to handle rejection, as you were rejecting me just now from saying this, okay? (laughs) Let's read. Luke chapter 7, starting at verse 31. Jesus went on to say, To what then can I compare the people of this generation? What are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling out to each other. We played the pipe for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge for you and you did not cry. So in doing the research for this, this passage, I, looked, I was wondering who Jesus was talking about because he's making fun of somebody and I'm not sure who it was. And I got either he's making fun of this generation or he's making fun of the religious leaders. I think both apply. But what Jesus is saying to you is it's not his job to entertain you, okay? Now, how many of you grew up in the VHS tape generation? Okay, a couple of you. Be kind what? Okay, the rest of you, Google what a VHS tape is, okay? It's this big block thing. It's, it's much the size of your iPad, okay? But it was just one movie. So my mom used to take us over the summer Over the summer, okay, get your laughs out. I got to keep going here, okay? I got a timer back here. They'll stop yelling at me, okay? So, everybody look at the timer, okay? (laughs) What? (laughs) So my mom used to take us to the library, okay? And we would go to the library, and we could have five movies at a time. Five at a time. Now, when we went to Blockbuster, we could only have one at a time, because mom and dad were cheap, and we could only buy one at a time, okay? (laughs) Okay? And don't go to the new section because those are more expensive, right? All right. So we would go to the library because we could get five at a time. Now, it was the same five movies that we had seen 500 times, but we were uptown because we were walking out of the library with five movies, right? And we, we were bored after we watched those five movies. They would have to go back to the library and get five more movies and walk out of the library. And now our kids come to us these days 
with this in their hands that has 500,000 movies on it. And they go, what? I'm bored. I don't feel sorry for you. Okay? Technology has come so far. Okay? You can binge watch an entire TV show that would have been five VHS tapes when I was a kid. All right? Now, let me go a little step further. Okay? When I grew up in church, we didn't have these nice fluffy chairs. We had pews that you couldn't sit far enough back on, but actually pushed you a little bit forward that made your butt fall asleep. Right, Cherie? She's laughing because she knows she sat next to me because my mom was in choir. So Cherie would make sure I behaved. And then, and then mom would, mom would sit from the choir and give me those eyes because no one had invented kids church back then. Okay. Your kids get to today, go over to kids church and shake their booty in church If I did that, death would come swiftly because nobody has fun in church. You just sit there and you listen, right? I mean, that was church. Yeah, don't you dare laugh because it's, you know, this church, God has no sense of humor at all. But so what I'm saying to you guys is you have it so good. Your kids are not in here. And if they are, they don't have to be. You can go them, ship them to kids' church. In fact, we encourage you, okay, so we can have fun in here without kids, okay? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, kids. Sorry, Tyler. I love you, bro. You're my boy, Tyler, okay? And what I'm saying to you is, is we have made church so easy for you. But here's what I'm saying to you. We are not here to enter you. And what Jesus is saying is the Christian life is not about being entertained. It's about serving. So my quote for the week is God is not in the business of entertaining you. He is in the business of changing you. And so guys, I have to make this point before I go on to the other two. If you're not doing anything, you won't receive rejection. We only receive rejection when we put our neck out there and actually do something. Now, guys, I'm here to tell you as your pastor, the the decisions that I make and and we make as a team and and we have an elder board and and staff that we all discuss these decisions. I'm not just sitting in my ivory tower going, I'm going to make this decision today, but I get the heat for it. You know, long ago, we moved into this building and we had one service and we needed to go to two. Thank God we went to two services because there's so many people in this 11 a.m. service. I couldn't have fit you all in the first service. But when I went to that service, they were like, can we get enough volunteers to help with this service? And now we do. Now we're good. And now we're sitting here going, we might need to go to three services. And everybody's going, are we going to be able to get enough volunteers to help in this service? And I'm sitting back going, same story, different verse. And what I'm saying to you guys is is when God calls us to do something, he will provide, but he doesn't want us to be comfortable. Guys, if God wanted us to be comfortable, then the foods that were good for us would taste good. Oh, did I not say my first point? One, understand people's nature is to only care about themselves. Got it? Okay, that was point one. See, I get preaching and you got to remind me. Just throw it up there if I forget next time. So our, our nature is to only care about ourselves. And if you don't believe me, if you don't believe me that God wants you to be uncomfortable, then why would he make foods that are bad for you that taste good? 
take butter. I love butter, but it puts a lot of fat right here, right? Okay? If, if butter was good for me, I would be very skinny, okay? I love donuts in the morning. Donuts are not really good for you. I know this is earth-shattering for you. I'm sorry. But what I'm saying to you is the things that are good for you, how do they taste? Like eating a plant is what they taste like. They taste like grass. They taste bad, okay? And so if God wanted you to be comfortable, he would have made all the foods that are good for you taste good. Amen? Okay. But he wants you to actually work for it. So what I'm saying to you is is your nature is to only care about yourself, but God wants you to do something. All right, let's keep reading. Verse 33, Luke 7, 33. For John the Baptist came neither eating, drinking, nor drinking wine. And you say, he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and you say, here is a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and a sinner. So point two is people always have an opinion. It does not mean it's right. People have an opinion of everything that you do. That does not mean that it's right. They were called Jesus, a friend of sinner, a glutton. They were calling Jesus a drunk because he hung out with sinners. Guys, he was doing what he was supposed to do. He was taking the good news to all people. Now, guys, one thing that I've learned as a pastor is, is people have a lot of opinions about my personal life. You know, if I go on a vacation, people will say, we're paying that pastor too much. Well, actually, um, the government paid me to go on this, this trip, and let me tell you why, okay? I pay my taxes. I hope you do too. Uh, and at the end of the year, now we have four kids, so the kid, the kid tax, they give you credit for $2,000 for each kid. So if you want the government to pay you for living in America, have four kids, okay? Because you get $2,000 per kid. So basically, the government paid me for living in the United States this year. You're welcome. But I had to have four kids to do it. So, I mean, it's a win-lose, win okay? But what I'm saying to you, we took our tax return and went on a vacation. That was only a small portion of it. But what I'm saying to you is, is many people would say, well, that pastor, he needs to suffer for the Lord. He should not have fun on vacation. Like, man, that's rough. I mean, and then recently we moved to a new house. Uh, now, did we move to an extravagant house? No, we back to, we have four kids, okay? So a house that worked for two kids, which is all we planned on having until Crystal had other ideas. Uh, <laughs> The old house would have worked for our two kids. They all had their own room. Everything was good. But when we had four kids, the, the new house didn't work. And so we moved to a house. Now, it's, it's, a, modern, it's a modest house. We, we, we fixed it up for what we wanted. But many people would say, well, we're paying that pastor too much. So am I, am I supposed to live in a cardboard box under the bridge? You know? Yes. Okay. Well, you can... You... You can come live with me, okay? Because there's no shower, and it's going to smell bad, and it's going to be me. You haven't sm smelled me when I get stinky. Okay. But what I'm saying to you, many people have an opinion. Now, here's the thing. Do you call me and ask me if it's okay if you move to a new house? Do you call me and ask me if it's okay if you go on vacation? Here, let me just let you know. If you do, I'm going to say, I don't care. Go on vacation. Get out. If you can afford it, have fun. 
But people say, and will say to it, well, we're paying these preachers too much. I mean, if you don't believe me, go look on Instagram. There's a new Instagram called Preachers and Sneakers. They call out all these preachers that, that buy expensive sneakers and post them all over Facebook. I'm like, do we not have anything better to do with our time? Look it up. It's real. Uh, now, I'll argue preachers don't be spending that much on, money on sneakers. I mean, but what if they got it as a gift? What if they didn't pay for it? A lot of these guys like minister to basketball stars who get all kinds of shoes. What if they just gave them to them as a gift? We're very quick to throw darts at pastors. But one thing I've heard over and over and over, people will always have an opinion. It does not mean that they're right. Because guys, God's opinion of us is the only one that really matters. Because if you're doing God's work, if you're doing what God has called you to do, the devil will do everything he can to knock you down. And one of the easiest ways to do it is through other people's opinions of you. Guys, we can't sit and worry about it. Take it from me. I'm a guy that gets, that gets all kinds of opinions from all kinds of different places. If you are doing the right thing, if you're doing what God has called you to do, people will have an opinion. But if you're doing what God has wants you to do, don't worry about it. Continue doing what God's called you to do. So let's continue on. Jesus answers, that gives the answer of all of this at the end. Luke 7.35, but wisdom is proved right by all her children. If you read it in the Passion Translation, it says, Nonetheless, I say to you, the wisdom of God will be proven true by expressions of godliness in everyone who follows me. Guys, what I'm saying to you is ultimately, no matter what rejection you face, no matter what opinions people have, the wisdom of God will show itself truthful at the end of it all. Look at it from a historical standpoint. Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln, he's on Mount Rushmore. He's one of the greatest presidents we've ever had. But in his day, he faced a ton of scrutiny. He was saying these radical things like, all men are created equal. People should not own other people for their own personal gain. These are all things that is just our way of life now. But Abraham Lincoln was the one that was saying it. He led the country through a division, a split of the country, a civil war. And he sat there through the time and stood there and continued and remained steadfast that all men are created equal. In fact, he was killed for his opinions. But I think historically, we can all look back and go, he was the man that began the revolution in our country that actually stood for our constitution, which is all men are created equal and have equal standing under the Lord, which actually came from the Bible. But in his time, it was not a popular thought. And so, guys, what I'm saying to you is as innovators, what we say will not always be fun, but in the end, Wisdom will reign. And wisdom shows us what is different. So what I'm saying to you is when you tackle great things, opinions will come. But we do not please men. We are here to please God. And guys, I'm, I'm here to tell you as a pastor, one thing I've learned is if I'm in the business to please men, we will not move forward as a church. 
The only way that we can move forward as a church is if we are in the business of pleasing God. Because his way is the only way that matters. Because us people, our nature, remember point one? Our nature is to only worry about what makes us comfortable. But guys, I'm here to tell you, if we only do around here what makes you comfortable, then we won't be able to move forward. If I don't ask some of you to stop going to the 11 o'clock and go to the 9 o'clock, you're sitting in a seat of someone that needs to come to the 11 o'clock that doesn't know Jesus. That's the eternal things I'm talking about. I'm not just doing it to inconvenience you. I don't just sit in my office and go, you know what? What can I do to inconvenience all the people of Hope Church today? I don't sit there and do that. I just go, okay, what do I need to ask them to do to move this thing forward that we call the mission of God? So what does this mean for us? What does this mean for you in your life today? I've got three questions to challenge you throughout your week. Number one, are you looking for God to entertain you? Are you looking for God to entertain you? Guys, let me just give you a little secret here. Unfortunately, us pastors these days, we have to do things to have a little bit of glitz and glam to catch your attention. There's a reason we have the bow, bow, before I walk up here. It's to grab your attention because your attention span is this long. There's a reason I have a countdown clock back there. It's because I know that if I speak longer than that countdown clock, you're all ADD and you've, you've been programmed to this amount of time that you can't, you just can't possibly sit longer than. It used to be that, that pastors could preach 35, 45 minutes and you just sit there because you ain't got nothing better to do. Now you're like, man, I got to get home and watch some Facebook lives. Got nothing else to do. Got to catch up on my Instagram, my Snapchat, you know, and you're just sitting there. You, like even now as I'm talking about it, you're like, don't reach for your phone. Don't reach for your phone. Don't reach for your phone. The preacher's looking. He's looking at me. Don't reach for it. Oh, I'm just, I'm just retweeting you, pastor. It's good. But what I'm saying to you is, Are you looking for God to entertain you or are you looking to be a part? Guys, I've told you this time and time again and I will continue to tell you time and time again. We need you. We need your talents. We need your time. We need all the resources that you have because the only way that we're gonna press this church forward is by the amazing talents that are in this room. That's the only way we're gonna do it. I could get up here every Sunday and and preach amazing services, but we are not going to press forward as a church without your talents, period. We're not going to. And so if you just sit back and watch God entertain you when you hear, it's not going to do anything for you. This church is not going to push forward. Now, guys, I'm here to tell you things I hear all the time that, that bug me, and I say them too, is, man, just... The worship was off this morning. I just didn't feel it. Or, or man, that, that, the message, you know, it just, just didn't speak to me today. Guys, we're not here to serve men. If you come into this room expecting to meet God, it doesn't matter who's preaching. It doesn't matter who's leading worship. You're going to get something. Because, guys, I've listened to some dreadful preachers in my day, but every time I'm listening for the Lord, he tells me something. And so, guys... Stop this culture of entertainment in church. And let's start changing some things around here. And let's start pushing forward the mission of God because that is the reason why we're here. I could preach on this all day. Number two, do you need to forgive and move on? 
Do you need to forgive and move on? One of the greatest enemy, one of the greatest weapons of the enemies is bitterness. If Satan can get something between us, what he'll do is he'll dig that root down as far as he can to keep dividing us apart. And so, guys, when we face rejection, when we face opinions, the thing you have to do for your own good is forgive. Because if you're not quick to forgive, the reason the Bible tells you to be quick to forgive is because not forgiving someone only hurts you. It doesn't hurt them. They've moved on. So you're only hurting yourself. So the one thing you have to be careful for is to not let bitterness well up in your heart. And then don't be around bitter people that allow bitterness to well up in their heart because bitterness spreads. I've seen it over and over and over in church. Bitterness spreads. It jumps from one person to another person. and They take up other people's bitterness. Number three, as the band comes back, what great things have you avoided because people tell you that you can't? What great things have you avoided because people tell you that you can't? Guys, I'm looking around this room. I see talented people. Guys, the list is long of people that have told me as your pastor that I could not do things. Pastors are not successful at 27 years of age. They told me that. But you know what? I serve the God that is successful. As long as we do what he calls us to do, it doesn't matter what age we are. And so, guys, it doesn't matter your skill set. It doesn't matter your talent. God has something for you to do here. And we need your talents. Now, some of you are called to be up here playing instruments. Some of you, that just begin, man, begins to make you sweat as I'm talking about it. Some people, you're, you're talented with children. You put me back there in a pre-K room with all those kids and they'll all die. I'm just telling you. And I'll just, I'll just, I'll just go, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I'm not lying. Okay. They ask me to teach for VBS every year, one time, and then they don't ask me to teach anymore after that because I make the kids do push-ups, and it's, it's fun. I really do. <laughs> what night am I teaching? Y'all should all come on that night. It's fun. Um, but what I'm saying to you is you have specific talents. You have specific talents that we need. Maybe you're, maybe you're talented. Maybe you're a craftsman with your hands. Maybe you can do things with your hands. Guys, I'm here to tell you, and there's many people that can witness to this. I'm not great with my hands, okay? There's, there's many times that I've been painting around here. They're like, Pastor, just, just, let, just let me do that. Just let me do that. And we, we don't want you to, to paint, which what they really mean is you're terrible. Stop. <laughs> Amen? Okay. <laughs> Amen, Dusty? <laughs> They're like, Where'd you, did you color in the lines as a kid? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> The lines were only a suggestion. Uh, as this countdown clock that's at minus two. <laughs> I'll shut up in a second, okay? I know I'm just talking to the clock. No one else is talking to me. But guys, what I'm saying to you today is this. The world will tell you that you can't. But God is only interested in your willingness to do what he's called you to do. He's just waiting on you. They made the clock bigger. He's just waiting for you. <laughs> see it minus two 50 51 (laughs) he's just waiting for you to step up 
Maybe you can get up here and preach in the time that's allotted. Maybe you can do it. But what he's saying to you is, is stop making excuses as to why you can't. Because he will give you everything that you need at just the right time.